This is Brian Croft. Welcome to another edition of Trench Talk, the podcast of practical shepherding. And I am joined again in studio with Jim Sevastio. Jim, thanks for doing this again. Good to see you. Good to see you, Brian, as always. So uh, a couple of quick things, if this has been helpful to you, would you please go to iTunes and leave a review for us? That helps us just keep to grow as, as we uh, grow this podcast. And if you're helped by the ministry at all, uh, you can go to practicalshepherding.com. You can go to the donate button and leave a financial gift there to help us as we expand the ministry. And also there's tons of resources there. You can even contact us through the contact button. And write Jim and I, if you have questions about things you want Jim and I to address on this podcast, we'll, we'll take those and compile them and do our best to get to those in the next couple of months. We have an important topic today, and it's something that's not really talked about much, is it, in the midst of, of ministry, and that is pastor as a churchman. Right. Before he's a pastor, before he's anything else, he's a Christian, and he's a member of a local church. And oftentimes that side of being a pastor is 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 not discussed. It's neglected. Even we spend a lot of time just talking about the pastor's ministry and, and the things around that. So, Jim, will you set up this topic for us and why this is so important? Uh, yeah, Brian, I, I, I do believe that this is a danger. I believe it's an, it's an issue. It's an issue of identity so that we begin to view our primary life in uh, view of the church, in terms of being a pastor, I am the pastor of the church, and not not uh, not first and foremost a disciple, not first and foremost a part of the body. I oversee the body. I help the body. Right. Uh, I speak to the body. I preach to the body, and we can forget the fact that I am not just uh, a shepherd. But before I'm a shepherd, I I was and I am a sheep. Mm-hmm. And so the way I think about this, Brian, is that I have heard a number of pastors uh, talk about meeting somebody who's not a part of a church. They're not a member of a church. They meet somebody and they say, I'm a Christian. I'm born again. And you ask them, well, where do you go to church or who are your pastors? Well, I don't go to church. I don't have a pastor. And they then begin to give to them the biblical reasons why every Christian needs to be a part of the body of Christ and why every Christian needs overseers of their souls and why every Christian needs to be under the ministry of the word. I can imagine almost anybody listening to this can preach that sermon or has said those things. But what I've recognized and realized is that for a lot of pastors, those dynamics that they press upon other Christians are not something that really, truly, and practically speaking, that they are getting themselves. Mm-hmm. And that is, they don't really see themselves as part of the body. Again, they're overseeing the body. They don't really have a pastor themselves who has access into their lives and into the theater of their conscience, uh, and they are not uh, hearing the word from other people. So we say to somebody, you need to hear preaching. And if we hear preaching, again, probably 90% of the preaching that we hear is our own voice. Yes. And and, and that, I think, you know, the, the, the apostle recognizes that will happen when he said to Timothy that the hardworking farmer is the first to partake of the, yeah. the fruit of his crop. So we need to eat the food. I mean, we need, we do need, in a sense, to preach to ourselves. But my argument is that just as we would say to another Christian, hey, you need you need somebody outside of yourself to minister the word. Uh, Brian, I, I can imagine at times this has been hard for you. You're, you, I mean, you you are you're you're uh, 
you you do a lot of internship. Yeah, some of your elders are people that you are purposefully and intentionally pouring yourself into. And, and so you're the mentor. They come to you when they need help and they need direction. But, mm-hmm. hey, Brian, sometimes you need help and you need direction. This and, is true. Sometimes you just need a, a shepherd that will care for you. So how have you worked through this or thought through this? Well, first thing I want to say, and I'm listening to you talk, is it's strange, isn't it? There's this assumption among pastors in general. They would even give lip service to say, yes, I know I need care too. But there's an assumption in what you just articulated that pastors are somehow exempt from that dangerous place spiritually. That somehow it's part of the calling that we don't need a pastor. We don't need what everybody else in the body of Christ needs, but but right. that we want to make this argument from the beginning that that's not true. There is nothing, as a friend of mine says, nothing in our extraordinary call that takes the guts out of our normal call as Christians. Oh, that's good, yeah. And our extraordinary call is to teach and preach and to pastor, but our ordinary call is as a disciple. Yeah. And, and so... You know, we can't say, for instance, well, we can't say I can neglect my wife and not dwell with her in an understanding way because I'm a pastor. Yeah, uh, I don't have to rear my kids because I'm a pastor. No, there's no ordinary call that is negated by our extraordinary call. And so the ordinary call, the ordinary course of the life of a Christian is ours. This is on top of that ordinary. Well, according to First Peter 5, we're actually to be an examples to the flock about those ordinary things. Exactly. So, yeah, we're not examples to them of how to be a pastor were examples to them of how to be a Christian. How to be a churchman, actually. And, and, yeah. and a churchman. And so part of that is, is is life among the body as, in this case, an ordinary guy uh, in the body of Christ. Well, so, yeah, to, to your your question you asked me, it is a it is a challenge, though. We want to recognize, you're a pastor listening to this. Yeah, we are in a unique position. So even though we could recognize we need this kind of care, we need to serve the church and in the ordinary ways that that everybody else does. But yeah, when you're a pastor and you gave the example for me, I mean, as long as I've been at our church now, you know, I've sent out most of my older mature men to be pastors. So right. I, I have a lot of sons in the faith in our church, which is a great encouragement to me. But not many me. fathers. But, but or, that or, is... Or brothers or peers, do you feel? Yeah. I mean, there are some of that. But again, all the elders I have, I've raised up. Right. So... You know, there is there were older men, men who were even older than me that were serving with me as pastors. But again, they've been sent out. So I do find myself. I have I have friendships. I have men that I can be open and honest with and, and walk through life together like every Christian should. So I have that in our church. At the same time, you know, a lot, other pastors just feel that tension of there's not a lot of people that they feel like they could look to for some kind of pastoral care. And so for you, Brian, even like, let's talk about some of the public means of grace, and we'll talk about the private things in a moment of somebody caring for you. But So we say to somebody, hey, you need to be under the teaching and preaching of the Word. This is how God saves and sanctifies. This is a premier, a, a premier way in which God ministers grace to His people is through the public preaching of the Word. So let's take, you know, perhaps your case where... So I'd say I, I use the example 90%, maybe it's 70% or whatever it is. Who you knows? do the preaching. Yeah. But then when other men preach, it's often your interns or it's men that you're training. And so you, you're listening to them in some ways, brother, with, with an ear to evaluate. And, it's true. And, and, and so you're not just thinking, boy, that really warmed my heart. You're thinking that was a lousy illustration or that was <laughs> you need to construct that better. And yeah, yeah that, was, that was a good point, but it could have been stronger. And so that's what you're talking about afterward. Yeah. 
And so you find that you've become, you know, you're almost like a, 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 a critic, a restaurant critic coming to a restaurant rather than a hungry guy after work wanting to chow down on a burger. You know, you're writing a review of the burger. Right. And, and uh, so I find that because of that dynamic, I have to be very intentional about, you know, when when anybody's preaching in our church, but especially when the other elders is preaching, my, my my role, and I try to be intentional with this, I'm to sit and hear the word Amen. and 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 take it in and realizing that these are faithful, competent men who are preaching the word. And it doesn't matter whether, whether it doesn't matter whether I trained them or not, or they're younger than me or, or not. Good. And so, but that has taken, that's taken an intentionality and in doing that for years. Even when a young guy who's trying to figure out preaching is doing that, you know, I still always try to go to them and say, this particular thing was helpful to my soul. And to try to, to try to listen from that vantage point that this is God's word. This feeds my soul. It doesn't matter how, it doesn't matter how simple and as novice the preacher is. I should be able to hear the word and be helped by it in some way. Brian, do you try to get a means to get regular teaching and preaching into your own soul, whether it's, you know, it may be for you, it's, it's recording messages, recorded messages, or do you ever try to make sure that uh, I need to get to a conference or maybe uh, I, I need to visit another church on occasion just to sit and just to hear and just to worship and to remind myself that I am, bottom line, I'm a sheep in need of the of the normal means of grace that Christ has given to everybody else? Yeah, it's a great question. I think every pastor has to. The way I try to approach that is on... Well, so I'm taking uh, taking July off like I normally have been doing the last few years mm-hmm. and just away from all the ministry and things and even away from our church. But one of the things I do during that month is I intentionally go places to hear men in person preach. Mm-hmm. So I'm already making plans to try to figure out which churches in, in the area I'm going to go to. Uh, I plan to come and, and hear you preach on, on one of the you know, one of the Sunday evenings that I can come over and, and hear that. So I'm already making those plans. I... I see a Christian counselor every week currently right now mm. just to care for my own soul. I see a professional counselor. My wife and I go to this person. Mm. Um, so there are, you know, I have intentional friendships of people that I meet with solely to just talk about how I'm doing and how they're doing. So I've had, you have to make intentional efforts as a pastor to be fed by the word, to be cared for by others. But there's still plenty of ways to do that. I mean, Jim, how so, do you? So, I'm, I'm just real, may follow yeah, up on good. one thing there. Is, is some of the shepherding, or is a lot of the shepherding? Because again, you're trained. You're, you're you're training a lot of guys. You're interning guys. So some of the, what you're saying is that some of the way that you're shepherded is maybe not so much by your own elders, but by other other pastors. Because so I, I happen to know, for instance, because I'm there. Yeah. That we have breakfast together with a, a couple of other men. Right. And uh, once a month or so, and and we spend a lot of our time grilling each other about our own soul and and how we're doing. Is that a primary means in which you feel you're shepherded, or or do you also receive that? Uh, from from some of the men, in spite of the fact that they're younger, and, and, and do, yeah. do, do they feel like, hey, Brian's not just my shepherd, and I'm not just his co-shepherd, but I'm his shepherd. Do, do they know that, and and have you taught them that, or do you feel that, or do you wrestle with that? Yeah, that's that's been a a growing a, a learning curve for us all as I'm bringing up younger guys who I've trained, and they become and they become fellow pastors with me. 
Matter of fact, I remember a, a tough conversation we had about a year ago. I sat in an elders meeting and looked at them and just said, you guys, you know, I need you to, like, I'm struggling and I need you guys to pursue me. Mm. I need you to ask how I'm doing. I need you to take initiative. I found with guys that I've raised up who in a sense see you like a spiritual father. Right. You, hard for them. It is hard. I mean, it, it, I would have that same difficulty. So just to be able to wreck, and, and all, that's all they needed, actually. They've, they and, just and needed they, me to say to them, I need you to do this. And the idealist, idealistic side of me wants to sit back and say, hey, they're my elders. They should already know this, and they should be sure. coming to me. But just that one conversation helped them, and they have both done a, a better job. So and have they continued, Brian, in, in that inquiry? So it didn't just like they didn't just start with some zeal and then have it drop they off. Have. It they have. They recognized that. Brian's a sheep, and we're his shepherds, and we need to make yeah, sure he's okay. It has. So I, I find I find seeking care for my own soul outside my church. I find it in my church mm-hmm. because, again, I, I, I'm stressing this holistic care of, a, of an individual. Uh, requ- I think it, a lot of times it requires several kinds of people. And, Brian, you, you mentioned that vulnerability to your elders. What about to the body? You know, we're just, you know, again, so often we get together with somebody, I liken it to a doctor. You know, I mean, nobody ever calls the. I've never called my doctor and said, "Hey, you know what, doc? I realize I've never asked you how you're feeling." You know, and uh, I'd like to get together and have you stick out your tongue, and I'd like to press. Can it we down get some coffee so I can, right, you know, can get, examine can you co- too? Right, you know, so I say, "How you doing? You know, <laughs> are you feeling all right? You know, it's it just that's not the way it works. And and like it or not, when as, as casual as it can be, you're still pastor. That's right. Um, and very rarely does anybody in my congregation, very rarely, almost thirty years, does somebody call and say, "Bro, I'm just, I'm just calling to see how you're doing," you know, and and how's your own walk with the Lord, and are there any things you're struggling with, and and uh, are there are there ways in which you feel the enemy's gaining an upper hand? I very rarely get that, and and, and I, maybe that's my fault, uh, and and maybe I haven't, I've tried to cultivate friendships, but again, I, I think I've realized that sometimes. That even with that friendship, I'm the helper, and and yeah. and and not always saying, "Hey, I need help." Um, I can't speak to obviously to your situation. For me, I would say in the last four to five years, one of the changes I made was to be more open to the whole church about mm-hmm. how I struggle. I spent the first ten years not doing that well. I started doing that, and what's amazing is, I I've watched more people in the church. Uh, seek to just ask how I'm doing, hmm. and so I, I'm. I believe they're connected. Like I, there's not a lot, but there's three to four men in our church who aren't elders or anything who regularly just will send me a text and say, "Hey, I know you mentioned you were struggling, and I just yeah. praying for you oh, today." Oh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Or, or somebody, somebody yeah. will just specifically reach out to me to ask how I'm doing. Now, even when I like that has not happened. Very rarely, up till about the last few years. Okay, I assume it's connected to me just being more open that I'm that I'm struggling. Yeah, or maybe the fact not. again that you're there, that you've been there for that length of time, and you've developed the kinds of relationships that en- enable that to happen. So, Jim, what do you do to to try and seek that care and to embrace the fact that you are first a churchman in your own church? Yeah, how do you seek that care for yourself? Well, one of the ways that I'm able to do that now uh, is with our. Our, our eldership has grown, and we've taken on a, a, a full-time man, and, and so that man is uh, teaching and preaching uh, more. And so, like, the last year, I preached less than I ever have. I mean, my normal workload here, because I 
am involved in, I have been involved in uh, the adult Sunday school class morning and evening so that I would normally preach here at RBC over 100 times a year. Right. I'd have 100 ministries or more uh, in a calendar year, sometimes up towards 110, 120, and then outside ministries, you know, so... Too much, last Jim. Year, Go ahead. <laughs> so last year, I think it was more like 70. Oh, good. Um, and, and so... Uh, you know, there's a part of me, and again, it's, it's, if it's this whole issue of, of pride, it's this whole issue of, you know, you want to please, you want to show people your, your, you know, your worth, your money, you're trying, you know, you're trying, well, all, all that goes into the complexity of the who you are and some of the stuff I just don't, I don't know, you know, uh, I, I wrestle with some of that. Uh, but others of, you know, I do feel like well, I get paid, I get paid and I, I mean, I get paid fairly well to do what I do or yeah. I'm certainly su- more than sufficiently to meet my needs right now. Uh, and so that, um, you know, is, is to, to, but so getting back to the point now, every week, every week now I'm under in, somebody in, else's in, ministry. Somebody else's oh, okay. ministry. Every I see what you mean week. now. Yeah. So, uh, so Derek or John or, or Charlie or somebody is, is either teaching the class that I'm, I'm sitting under or in the morning or evening worship, somebody's teaching or preaching. Yeah, to be clear then, you're, it's not just to break your articulating. You're articulating the amount of times you're more sitting under somebody else's right. ministry. Right, and now. part of that is for me. Yeah, you know right. I mean, some right. of that is for the, you know, um, you know, we're going to write this whole other subject of, you know, maybe how do you work out, you know, where uh, elders are most gifted in using them. You know, so if some guy's not a particularly good teacher, but he's a great counselor, well, give him eighty percent of the counseling. You know, don't don't try to divide. Right. Um, you know, so th- you know that's a whole a different issue. But for myself, what that means is every week now, uh, almost without exception, I'm I'm receiving ministry publicly. Mm. That's that's new to me. That I haven't had that. I hadn't had that in years. I I spent probably, you know, twenty five years, twenty six years. Uh, well, no, maybe it's not because I did have another man here for a time. But so twenty, so. At least twenty out of twenty-eight years here, I, you know, ninety percent of the ministry was me, and I heard myself, and I got used to myself. And honestly, you know, it's almost like, well, I like I like the way I preach because mm-hmm. you know that that what because you do, that's what you think it ought to be done. That's right. That's how you break a text down. That's how you you know uh, it's clear. It's you know whatever it is you're thinking to yourself, and other guys don't do it the way you do. So you're sitting there sometimes thinking, I wouldn't do it that way. I wouldn't do, you know yeah. oh, how would I preach that text? And that's wrong. You shouldn't be sitting there thinking how would I preach that text. You should be sitting there thinking how can I feed on this? Uh, what's being said to me? What's a takeaway that I can have? So that's publicly. A, mm-hmm been a great thing the private among the elders sometimes that's been a bit more of a struggle to just try to encourage them to um to recognize that uh, there's so many different dimensions to this to 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 really you know take your place as shepherds uh, don't allow me to have dominion to have rule to you know in a way that i that i shouldn't um, but then with the body, you know, having that vulnerability in friendships and relationships, I think sometimes it's odd for people, you know, when the, you start saying to them, hey, I'm really, you know, be praying for me. I'm struggling. I'm really hurting right now. Because sometimes those hurts are, are, are in regard to the body. And, you know, how much of that do you want to open up? Well, why are you sad? Because so-and-so is acting this way. And, and, and it hurts. What can be startling, can it? What's, what's, why are you sad? Well, my wife and I had a big fight this 
this yesterday, and so we pray for us. That's gonna be jolting to right. church members. And as one of our, our, our one of our friends has said, you know, he he opened that. Up. He said something like that one time, and, and a member said, "That's too much information." Yeah, I don't, don't want to know, know that much about, about you. Yeah. I want you. I want you to be the man behind the curtain. Yeah. And you know, uh, but we want to acknowledge that's wrong. Yeah, that that's the, right. We don't want to feed that mentality yeah, as uncomfortable want, as right. that is for people. We would tell other people in the body, hey, listen, we can only be as helpful as you are open and honest. That's right, yeah. And and, and as you are vulnerable. And if er, all you project all the time is I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm okay, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Well, unless you're a mind reader or unless you know, you're going to bug their house or something, you're not going to really know what's yeah, going right. on. That's right. And we can, sometimes we think we need to project that, that people won't hear us, they won't love us, they can't benefit from us if, if we're a weak sheep. Mm. And, you know, we say that all the time, hey, listen, folks, you know, you can admit you're weak, you're a weak sheep. Well, and then you guys say, so are you, so brother. So are you. Right. So as we wrap this up, Jim, will you, what's a final word of advice? Pastor's listening to this. He is feeling the burden that, he needs to be faithful in the ordinary aspects of church right. church life, not just the extraordinary part of being a pastor. Right. So remember, word. yeah. So remember that before you ever preached a sermon, before you ever took a seminary class, you were uh, you were one of Christ's disciples. You were a part of the body of Christ. You were you were an ordinary sheep in the body, and that the time's probably going to come when access to the pulpit's going to it's going to come to an end. Right. Uh, somebody younger, somebody more, you know, whatever, with more energy, and 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 you're gonna, and you got to make sure that you don't just re- retire and retire away from the body. Mm. Hopefully, you'll have maybe another decade of life uh, receiving that. And so, to remember that who you are in the bookends is who you are in between as well. Mm. And that though you do have certain duties in the body and certain responsibilities in the body, you are nonetheless remain a part of the body. You remain a needy sheep who needs the word of God, just like everybody else does. Right. You need the body of Christ, just like everybody else does. And you need pastors, whether they're in your church or that you cultivate relationships as best you can. And I realize there's going to be somebody here who's going to feel like, brother, I'd love to do that, but there's nobody around. Mm-hmm. Um, thankfully, there are things like phones and Skype and other things that can at least be a patchwork. But and to understand preaching, that on- online preaching. Yeah, and online access, preaching. Yeah. If you can't get living preaching, get it online. If you can't get it online, read it. But, but let other people pour into you as a man, not just to sharpen your preaching, yeah, not right. just to give you pulpit insight, but because you're a needy Christian who needs the grace of God, who needs to remember Christ, who needs access to the throne of grace, just like everybody else. Yeah, that's a great word. My, my final encouragement to you as a pastor is, if you're listening to this, do whatever you must to make sure you do not lose the ordinary means of grace that uh, that every Christian man needs. So do whatever you need to do in this unique calling to get that. And if it's outside your church, if it's listening to, you know, if it's downloading a sermon every Monday online because you don't have but four, three or four Sundays to go listen to somebody else, right. do whatever you must. But this this is about feeding your soul, but it's also being aware that you don't lose the desire to want to hear the word preached and let the word minister to you, whether you read it, whether you hear somebody preach it, whether you're reading about it in a, in a sermon or whatever it is. Make sure you don't lose that. That will be the key to your your own preaching and your own ministry of the word being faithful. So let me uh, let me pray for us and pray for you who are listening to this that God would do that work. Lord, thanks for your word and thanks for the way it changes us and it equips us. 
and it feeds our soul. We pray, Lord, for every person listening to this, that they would feel a burden to need your word, to need you and your spirit to be at work through it, that we all as Christian men and women, regardless of the ministry role we play, we need Jesus just as much as everybody else. Give us a hunger to, for our souls to be fed by him and that we would look to him in the ways that, that you have provided in, in the public and the private means of grace in, in the local church. Lord, would you provide for each person listening to this in their own church ways for them to be ministered to, not just pouring out, and that you would help them to, to, to look and find the things that they need so that they will not only have a long ministry, but a lot of joy as they do it. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.